Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Relax with Rizzoli podcast, where currently my laptop is dying in the background. It's on maximum fan speed, and I can't do anything about it. Damn shame. But today, we are going to do a review of something that I've never actually watched before, which is IndyCar. I, 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 after all my time on this earth, I, I don't know, this year, I think because uh, I've, I've got involvement with a company called um, Multisport Radio, and they are the first UK, uh, the first UK, uh, essentially, broadcasters to be given permission to stream uh, the NTT IndyCar series. And so I thought, do you know what? I'll watch, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll watch the first round, see what it's like. I've been doing a bit of research, uh, you know, before the first round. And um, obviously, I, I interviewed two IndyCar drivers, two actual NTT IndyCar series drivers a couple of weeks ago in the way of Stingray Rob and David Malukas, uh, both with Dale Coin Racing. And it was fantastic, brilliant. I got to actually talk to some Indy, uh, IndyCar drivers who are both four months younger than me and they're racing in IndyCar, and, oh, oh, just, just hurts, stings that little bit, um, but yeah, today what we're going to be doing is, I'm just going to essentially be walking you through what happened uh, at the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg uh, this weekend, and oh, what a race, so one of my drivers that I've always loved is Roman Grosjean, and I know he kind of has a thing about crashing, you know, there's a lot of memes made of him, but you know, he's gone to IndyCar and he's shown some potential. And this weekend was his weekend. He was on pole position. He had the fastest car. He was so on point and ready to win. And we'll talk about what happened. And it has got to be one of the most kind of dramatic races or dramatic season openers I've ever seen. You know, the huge crash on lap one. I think it was lap 37 as well, where I think there was also a huge crash as well. Uh, oh, 41, 41. Um, and... Yeah, it was it was an incredible, incredible um, race, really. So, uh, I'll, I'll for me, I, obviously, I'm new to IndyCar. So, anyone who is a big IndyCar fan, I apologise if I get some stuff wrong um, or I don't know too much about everything. But if you're listening now and you don't have any idea about IndyCar, there are many, many drivers on the grid, and, and they uh, have one spec of chassis. So it, it's like Formula Two. Um, all the cars are made by Delara, and you essentially get a spec car, um, and you get a choice of two engines, Honda or Chevrolet, and that's it. They are they. There are a few minor things I think the teams can make, uh, but I can't remember if that was a little while ago, and then they scrapped the original rules, but or, or the rules that they brought in a few years ago for development. So they all run essentially spec chassis, which makes it very interesting because all the cars are equal, all the cars are the exact same, and that's what makes this series so good. And it's brilliant. It really, really is brilliant. So, uh, the next thing you need to know is there are only two tyre compounds in uh, in IndyCar. One is, or the main one, is the primary tyre, which is essentially the hard tyre uh, in Formula 1 terms. Or like a C, I don't know, we'll go C5, for example. And the, uh, sorry, no, that's the, the hard tyre, sorry. So, it's the C1, C0 tyre, which is obviously new for Formula 1 this year. There's now six compounds. And this year... Uh, I said this year, sorry. The other tyre compound is the alternate tyre, which is like the C5 or the soft tyre. And it's very interesting. Uh, you have to run both compounds during a race. 
and it goes from there. The racing is really good. The racing is really close. Uh, there are three types of circuits that they're racing. The race on, uh, the race on street circuits, circuit circuits, or road circuits, and the ovals. And yeah, I, again, I'm new to this, but I'm really enjoyed the first race, and I will definitely be definitely be watching more of IndyCar because most of the weekends it clashes with F1. But it's because it's in America, it's like five hours later. So I can watch the Formula One races and then switch over to IndyCar. So I'm I'm brilliant. I'm I'm just I'm I'm really excited to watch uh, to watch all of it. And yeah, this, the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg did not disappoint in the slightest. So as I said earlier, Grosjean put it on pole position. Fantastic. I love that car, the DHL um Andressi Autosport car. It looks stunning. So yeah, lap one comes around. Grosjean leads away. Fantastic getaway, to be fair. And coming through uh, turn one, which is the right-hander. Also, this track is on... A, the main straight is on a airport. The airport straight. The airport runway. And the really cool thing is about Roman Grosjean is he he's just got his uh, PPL. He's just got his pilot's license. And he landed on the runway that they were racing on. I just thought that was a really cool little, really cool little thing. So, Roman Grosjean... Uh, takes it on pole position and takes it away into the first corner, which is a kind of right-hander, 90-degree right, followed by like a 45-degree left and a bit of a chicane. And then after turn two, which is the little chicane, I think one of the McLarens of... Oh, who was it now? I uh, used to be in Formula One. I can't quite remember his name. He hasn't been in it for quite a while. Felix Rosenquist. I believe he made contact with either his teammate or a car that looks very similar. Uh, they touched and he was in the wall, so he had a puncture, and someone behind didn't see it. They crashed into the wall, and it was a six-car pileup. Yeah, six-car, and it was really bad. And then what was really, really bad is the number fifty-five Sexton car of uh, who's number fifty-five again? I can't remember. What well, he didn't, he didn't carry on after that, surely. That's it. Uh, Benjamin Penderson in the number 55. Uh, he went straight on into the side uh, of one of the green cars. Uh, was it Jack Harvey? No, was it Ferrucci? I think it might have been Ferrucci, Santino Ferrucci. And he went straight into the side of him as then head on. And the car flew over the cars that were ahead. So there was like three or four cars there. This car comes up here smashes into it and the car gets air and jumps over these other cars it was horrific to watch i couldn't believe what i was watching at first it was mental and yeah six cars involved in that quite a lot of retirements there and uh, obviously one of the drivers that i interviewed uh stinred rob was caught up in that but he managed to continue managed to continue managed to get a new front wing and all was well throughout the race for him so yeah the red number six my uh, benjamin pedersen straight into him and that was obviously a yellow flag was it a red flag i think it was a red flag yeah it was a red flag and all the cars got back to the pits anyway they essentially come back out of the um of, of the pits roman grosjean leads my way again so the difference between indycar and formula one again is these are rolling starts formula one is obviously standing and grosjean got another really good start grosjean was dominating this race really really dominating this race but his rival that we didn't see coming so everyone started on the alternate tire which is the softer compound tire and i think one of the guys that didn't the highest guy up was scott mclaughlin and as we know scott mclaughlin has won a few indycar races supercars a v8 champion fantastic 
fantastically talented driver. And yeah, big rivalry there uh, after this race. So he started on the primary tyre, which is the harder compound. So I believe he was trying to overcut the rest of the field. So he was trying to go for as long as possible as he could go on the primary tyre while everyone else pitted. And then he could go longer into his stint and then hopefully make up a few more places. And to be fair, it worked. It worked. So I think the first kind of pit stops come along maybe lap, lap, around lap 17 to 20. And obviously all the top leaders pit for uh, pit for primary tyres as they've just come off the soft compound of the alternates. And I think a few laps later, that is when McLaughlin pits. And he does overcut Grosjean, which was uh, very good from the strategy point of view on his car. And yeah, it was a very, very good car. So he's racing in, uh, with Team Penske and Roman Grosjean is in the Andresi uh, Autosport squad. So lap 37 comes around, a few more actions, really good racing. It, it, it can get a little bit processional. I can't say that word, processional. And oh, another rule is as well, the drivers, instead of having DRS, they have push to pass, which is a button that allows them to get 50 more horsepower out of the engine and they have 150 seconds of that per race. So you push that, you, you can have it on for as long as you want and you know, it's essentially an aid like DRS or a little boost, which gives you, as I said, 50 more horsepower to pass the car ahead or defend as a matter of fact as well. So it's essentially like ERS in Formula One, except they don't have push to pass anymore. Oh, no, do they? Do, do they have? Yeah, ERS deploy, I think it is. But yeah, either way, it's the same similar system. And lap 37 comes around and Connor Daly uh, gets a tap on the rear end by Kyle Kirkwood. And he does a spin into the wall. I think Connor Daly then, I think he drove it a little bit forward. He stalled it. And and one thing that I will bring up later uh, at the end of, of, of this review is something to do with the safety in the marshals as well, which is insane. But it was a it was an all right save. You know, spun his wheels up as he was turning around. So he did a, a nice spin. But then he stalled it. And something that I was quite shocked by is they brought a car out to jump to start the car, essentially. And I, I, I didn't know that that was a rule that you could do in IndyCar. So unlike Formula One, if your car stops, you, you've had it, essentially. I, I say essentially a lot, don't I? You, you, you've had it. Now, four laps later, uh, there was a restart once again, once that, had, um, once that whole incident had been cleared up. There was, oh, I remember this. There was the car across the road. There was then like a medical car and the ambulance or something like that there there was just enough room, and I mean an inch on either side, for the safety car to get through the gap that they had there, and the cars had to follow as well. And the stewards were so close to the cars as well, it was really dangerous coming from Formula 1. Anyway, so lap number 41, McLaughlin leads Grosjean away. Now it's a turn four once again. This corner, I love this corner because it's, it's caused so many incidents in this race. Renus VK goes straight on into the wall. Jack Harvey goes straight into the back of him. And Kyle Kirkwood, so he was involved uh, in um, in the incident on lap one as well. Oh, no, sorry. Um, Kyle Kirkwood was the one who spun Connor Daly a few laps earlier. And he goes straight into the back of Connor Daly. And for the second time, I've never, I've never seen two airborne cars in one race. He goes over the rear wheels of, of Connor, uh, not Connor Daly, Kyle, Jack Harvey, sorry. Essentially, like Verstappen did to Hamilton at Imola, um, not Imola, Monza in 21, goes straight over him, jumps straight on, and you can 
you can hear the car when it crashes down and the onboard it goes like that but somehow he manages to carry on unbelievable stuff and at this point me and my mum were going because we, we'd obviously watched the formula one race already got on a come down from that I was like woof, and then back up to indycar again and it was a mental race i don't know if this is what all indycar races are like but this one was insane so yep carl kirkwood goes over the top he manages to go back to the pit lane like alonso in uh, austin last year in 22 and he just manages to to go back, get a few new parts of the car, and then go back out, which was insane. But he did that. That was brilliant. So, uh, lap number 50, the restart from that. Uh, so, oh, no, sorry. That was the incident where the safety car was really, really struggling to get through with the ambulance and the safety cars. Or I should say the safety pickups, because there are just so many pickup trucks there, which is... Uh, yeah it's just it's strange to see coming from like an aston martin stuff like that in formula one terms but lap number 50 the restart and colton herter is into the wall at eight uh, as in turn eight i think he just misjudged corner went straight on goes straight into the wall and that's kind of where me and my mum were going oh god and the carnage now ensues so colton herter into the wall i can't remember if he gets going does he get going again or is he out I think he damaged his... Yeah, he was out on lap number 49. Yeah, or lap 50, whichever. Because he was, um, yeah, essentially bent his suspension. And that was that race over for him. And then lap 72. So even if you haven't followed IndyCar um, for however long, I don't know. Yeah, this bit you might have seen on social media. And it's concerning the lead for... Uh, with Romain Grosjean and Scotty McLaughlin. Now, I love these two drivers. I personally prefer... Where's the hat? I've got it on the floor. I have it behind me anyway. I have a Grosjean hat from when he was at Rich Energy um, Haas. And what happened is, so Grosjean pitted. He was chasing, and he was uh, he was on the primary tyre, actually. And I believe uh, McLaughlin was on the alternate tyre. So on the harder tyre... Grosjean is like two, three, four tenths behind uh, um, oh, Scott McLaughlin. Really, really close, like four tenths behind him. And he's constantly, you know, darting either way to get past him. That car was so fast this weekend. And what Grosjean decided to do, because if there would have been a safety car uh, at that time, that would have really ruined both of their races because a lot of the cars behind, like uh, Scott Dixon and Pat Ward, have already boxed for i think was it the alternate tire at that point i can't quite remember anyway uh what happens is grosjean boxes before mclaughlin so mclaughlin has to do a hell of an in-lap because he has to obviously cover off the undercut by grosjean so he goes in he boxes he gets tires i think it's a 7.2 second stop which is really really good for indycar so i think seven seconds is a good stop in indycar you have six people who are allowed over the walls. So there are no pit boxes or anything like that in terms of garages. There are just spaces like there is on NASCAR um, and IndyCar. Six people are allowed over. There's one per tyre, so one person on the gun and doing all the tyres as well, as in the, the, each corner of the car. You have one person filling them up with fuel, and then you have, I think, somebody to do other things of the car on it to lift it up, I think, to put the jack. Um, the hose in the uh, in the hydraulic jack and that lifts the car up. Six people, that's it. So 7.1 seconds, not bad at all. So 
he has a really good stop, 7.2, and he is belting it on the outlap on lap 51. Grosjean is absolutely going for it. No man left behind. He is completely going for it. And then, obviously, at the end of that lap, McLaughlin then has to pit. Can't actually remember what what time he did in the pit line. I'm sure I, can, I, I could find out. But, yeah, he. I'm sure it was in the seven-second mark as well. And then this is where it gets interesting. So, side by side, they are coming into the pits. Grosjean is obviously ahead of the pit exit. But at the pit exit line, where you can turn the limiter off, McLaughlin floors it and Grosjean's coming through turn one and they are just side by side McLaughlin and I mean by half a tenth of a second just gets ahead of him now coming on there Grosjean is looking left and right remember he's got hot tyres McLaughlin has slow uh slow uh what is it cold tyres that need to be warmed up so the side by side coming into turn four Grosjean goes to the outside he is ahead at the apex and McLaughlin Essentially, because it's a it's a tight kind of right hander, Grosjean goes to the outside, and why McLaughlin did this, I have a little bit of a theory. So the curbs are massive in uh, in IndyCar as well, and I think to avoid scraping the underside of the car and going over it and maybe causing a crash that way, he decides to do full lock left into Grosjean. So Grosjean's there on the left; he's committed to that corner. Now. What McLaughlin does, he leaves his brake until the last minute, clarks the curb, goes left, straight into Grosjean. Uh, Grosjean's straight into the tyre barrier, and so is uh, McLaughlin. I couldn't believe this. Me and my mum were on our feet screaming and shouting at this point. It was insane. It was like, do you know what it was like? It was like watching Hamilton and Verstappen uh, fight for the championship in 21. That's how, like, oh my God, you know, how insane this was. And, yeah, all the blame for me is on McLaughlin, not just because I'm a Grosjean fanboy. I mean, to be fair, that is a tight move to make on the outside. But if you look at the onboard, Grosjean is ahead and McLaughlin turns his wheel to the left. And that, for me, you know, I think he had a drive-through penalty and that was it. But obviously Grosjean was out of the race. McLaughlin continued and just got a new front wing. But I was so gutted for Grosjean. You could hear the scream in his voice after he got out of the car. And then he was like banging on the tire because that that was his moment. He dominated that weekend. He was so strong. That was going to be his first IndyCar win. And I guess I guess some people could say he could have backed out and then just taken him a few laps later or for a few corners later even. But that's not how a racing driver works. The gap was there. He had to get that moved on to win that race. And unfortunately, both of them came together. It was hard racing. It was really, really hard racing. And yeah, but the blame was on McLaughlin for that. But the really nice thing is, is I didn't know quite what the atmosphere was going to be like. But even in the interview afterwards, Grosjean still had a smile on. And on his social media afterwards, he posted a video. And he's like, yeah, like, you know, racing happens. So he didn't seem that he was too angry. And then afterwards, Scott McLaughlin went over to his garage and to apologize. And they both hugged it out and they both had lovely messages to each other on Twitter, which you just don't see now in motorsports, especially top top level. They were just really, really nice sportsmen together. And I think because Grosjean said a few years ago, you know, Scott McLaughlin out of me, Jimmy Johnson, and, you know, myself, or I don't know, him, out of the three rookies, you know, NASCAR driver, Formula One driver, Nozzy V8, he said Scott McLaughlin is the most talented out of all of us. And so there's obviously a big respect there. 
and yeah it was it was mental to watch i couldn't actually believe what i was watching when it happened and i was screaming and it was insane because that car was on fire sorry poor choice of words um that that car was uh, that car was so fast all weekend and unfortunately just ah yeah not fun not fun so lap 79 moving on from that yeah full let off uh full left lock presume he had to make the apex because otherwise he was going to clatter the curb goes straight into grosjean and grosjean's front left suspension broken and mclaughlin continues lap number 79 so a few laps later after all that is cleared up um award uh is now leading the race from Ericsson, from Scott Dixon. So the McLaren has come back ridiculously. I don't know how. And then Marcus Ericsson, obviously last year's IndyCar, Indy, IndyCar, Indy 500 winner, the 106th iteration of the Indy 500, I believe. And he's in P2 and Scott Dixon in P3. Now, what is interesting, it kind of stays like that for a while. A few more pit stops here, there and everywhere. And on lap 97 of this 100-lap Grand Prix exit of turn 14, which is the final corner, it's actually very nice because Bahrain has 14 corners and so does St. Pete. So, very nice, very nice. So, exit of 14 onto Main Straight. Award has a little bit of a slide, and when he corrects that, he presses the speed limiter button, and Marcus Ericsson passed him on the, on the start-finish straight with three laps to go. I, he was beating himself up after that, and you know, rightfully so, because I, I can't imagine what that must feel like, mate, to make a mistake like that and press the speed limiter button and allow Marcus Ericsson to go through. And that was it, really. That was that was how the race panned out. It was a fantastic race. I am a IndyCar fan now. The racing, I would say, is better than Formula One in terms of they go wheel to wheel. They touch each other they give each other little bangs and everything like that the cars are more strong than formula one i would say if i say that but look at the Bahrain grand prix stroll goes into the back of alonso and you know alonso hits the rear right of signs and no damage there but i i don't know i just feel like the racing is a lot better it's a lot more of a fun chilled environment but that's the thing it's a lot less of a serious event it's not as serious and as as intense as Formula One. You know, Formula One is drama. It's if it was a sitcom, it'd be Coronation Street or it'd be Broadchurch or something. Or, no, you know what I mean? It'd be a really serious drama. Whereas I think IndyCar is a bit more Brooklyn Nine Nine. I think it it has its serious moments, but a lot of it, it is quite jolly and it's quite a thing. I mean, the guy that sung the national anthem, he had a deeper voice than Josh Turner, who does. <clears throat> baby lock the door and turn the lights down like you know that guy well this guy was going oh so can you see he had the deepest voice of everyone i ever heard and it's such a american processional event i mean i know it's indycar but they had two f-16s flying over they had this guy singing the national anthem i mean for the hell of it i stood up and put my hat on my uh, and stood up because it was it's such a american event you know they had um there's like a riverboat that you could go on and they were like doing drinks and bars and there was like burgers and steaks and everything. It's so American. I'd love to go to an IndyCar race maybe this year. I'd love to go to Indy 500. Um, if anyone is wanting to give me a ticket, that'd be fantastic. But probably not. 
Um, and it was, yeah, it was incredible. It was a really, really fun event. But the thing that shocked me most of all, and my mum especially, is the safety. There, there are no, it doesn't look like there are, there are a marshals there, but that are like fire trained or medical trained because the, the medically trained staff are essentially, they have medical on the back, the rest just have stewards on. And especially after the two accidents of um, Kirkwood, yeah, Cal Kirkwood and Benjamin Peterson and the car that he went into, the three really big crashes, you know, we don't know if they broke their back or not, and the marshals are getting them out of the car. Whether the driver would say, no, stop, no, don't get me out, I don't know, but, yeah, I don't know, the, 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 the stewards are stood right next to the cars doing, like, 60, 70 miles an hour, it's like they have, they don't have a care for safety, they were literally just walking, like, side by side of the cars, and me and one were going, jeez, you know, get out of the road, like, it, it is so, so tight, like, they, they stand about, as far, do you remember that incident from Monaco, in Formula One, where that marshal was running over the track, and was it Vettel or one of the Astons coming out of the pit lane, and they had to like slam on the brakes, and this, you know, it very nearly ran over a marshal. It was quite like that. It, it was so close, and I just found it very like shocking, almost. You know, the safety standards that we have in Formula One don't correlate over to IndyCar, and I think they probably shouldn't take, especially that, um, for, you know, I think they should take that on board um and the other thing is fire marshals where are the stewards posts or fire marshals around the grand prix there was a car on fire on literally one of the last laps of the grand prix they came into the pit and you see this like massive fire uh coming out of the engine essentially and he was just driving he was just you know he didn't pull the car over he had to go to all he, he entered the pit lane and he went all the way down to the end of the pit lane where they had fire extinguishers and you just think, you know, especially with Grosjean, Grosjean's incident in Formula One, you'd think that they'd have probably learned maybe a few lessons where everyone carries fire extinguishers and every steward's post does carry fire extinguishers and stuff. Yeah, it was just a bit short. I mean, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. This is just what I saw. But, yeah, it was it was, it was quite shocking. I can't lie. Well, it was it was shocking. But it is what it is. I'm sure, I'm sure they know what they're doing. But yeah, it was just a, a little bit shocking from a Formula One fan to uh, to see that. But yeah, that was that was this. I'll give you the final running order of the race. So Marcus Ericsson wins uh, the the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg in the NTT IndyCar Series. It's a mouthful, but we have to say it. Uh, and Pato Award finished in P2. And finishing up the podium is Scott Dixon in P3. Alexander Rossi in P3. P4, Callum Eilop in P5, Graham Rahal actually had quite a good comeback there in P6, Will Power, last year's champion in P7. By the way, he won the championship last year and only won two races. So that's that just shows how kind of intense IndyCar can be. Then you've got Alex Pelot in P8, Christian Lungard, number 45, my guy, in P9, so 9-4-5, all my lucky numbers there, and David Malukas in P10, obviously one of the guys I interviewed rounding out the top 10. The points system as well in IndyCar is crazy. It's Yes, it's very confusing. Marcus uh, Armstrong finishes in P11. Uh, uh, and Augustin Canapino in P12. Scott McLaughlin makes recovery to P13. Connor Daly in P14. Kyle Kirkwood, even with that accident, finishes in P15. I think he was the one that had the fire, actually, because it only says 97 laps complete. Stinray Robb uh, finishes in P16. And the final of the finishers, Joseph Newgarden, 
in P17. The retirements are Romain Grosjean, very sadly, in the number 28 DHL car, Felix Rosenquist in P19, Colton Herter in P20, Renus VK, P21, Jack Harvey in P22, Helio Castroneves uh, in P23, Santino Ferrucci in P4, Devlin DiFrancesco in P25, Sam Pugnard and Benjamin Peterson in P26 and P27. And that is it for this episode. I... I really enjoyed watching IndyCar. I can't lie. From a Formula One fan, I was expecting something a bit more boring and processional. And but I really enjoyed it. The commentators are really lively as well. They're really good as well. And it's just it's it's really it's a really fun atmosphere. I think to watch and it'd be really fun. Whereas Formula One is a lot more serious. It's a lot more dramatic. And you know, but in IndyCar, IndyCar, I, it is a lot more fun. Than, than Formula One, I would say, but that doesn't take anything away from Formula One. They're both both great series that I I'm starting to definitely love with IndyCar, and I'll be following all the races this year. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is it. That's it. That's it for this episode. Fantastic. What would I give this race out of ten? Solid eight, maybe nine, eight and a half. I'll go eight and a half out of ten for the St. Pete Grand Prix. It was fantastic. I think we're in Texas. Uh, in the next race, I think that's this coming weekend, I believe. There is no Formula One this weekend because it's a week off and then we go to Saudi in two weeks' time. But yeah, fantastic race. Fantastic race. Very, very pleasantly surprised with the racing, to be honest. I've, I've genuinely really enjoyed it. It was really good fun. Great racing. Lots of really talented drivers as well and a very equal field as well. Very equal field which is very enjoyable to watch as well. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to be it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed the uh, Bahrain Grand Prix, that episode, and I hope you enjoyed this podcast too, this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been amazing fun. Can't wait to see the rest of the championship. I, th- I think my championship predictions, I think it's either going to be between Team Penske or Andretti Autosport. I think, honestly, my heart kind of wants to say... McLaughlin v Grosjean for the title. That'd be fantastic. Oh, I'll I'll bat my boy Grosjean to the hills. I will. I will. He's just such a nice guy. He's got the life that I want. He's been in Formula One drivers. Uh, it's been. He's been a Formula One driver. He's been in that. Been in that scene for years. Now IndyCar's now living his life, doing road trips and living in America with his wife and three kids. They're so happy. The other thing that I love about Grosjean as well is his helmet. So he's got a really cool helmet design, but like the back part of the top of his helmet, before like there's a, a circle design. That bit there, there's a. Um, do you remember when he had that helmet that was designed by his kids that he was supposed to use in like the last Grand Prix? Um, well, he used the top of that um, on the back uh, of his uh, his three kids' drawings. I just thought that was such a beautiful, lovely thing. But yeah, can't wait to see where the season goes, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for listening to this episode with me. And I will see you in the next one. Me okay, Kalinikta.